Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome to Your Questions Answered. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by Michael Sidgwick from What Culture to answer your burning wrestling questions. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AW Dynamite, pay per views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course on WrestleCulture. I'm Adam Wilborn, as I said, joined by Michael Cedric, back by popular man to take on the Q&A community uh, and answer all the <laughs> questions at what culture WWE, of course. Every time. Every time. Um, first question, I'm going to cover this off because I'll forget otherwise. The first question we got in was from Cedric Mega fan, Matt Reigns, who asked about taking the belt off Omega via Hangman, of course, uh, after what happened at Double or Nothing and who he thinks is going to take the belts off Miro and Britt Baker and the Young Bucks. And I can tell you, we're not going to be answering that one today. We're going to make you wait till Sunday for that. We've got a whole podcast about what needs to happen following Double or Nothing, in which we're going to cover that question off and a whole host of other ones. So instead, Michael Sudwick, I mean... Take a wild guess at what the most asked question was today. It was, of course, all about the WWE releases. Um, A lot of people asking about uh, where you think a lot of these guys are going to end up and who should go to AEW, of course. But before we get into that, I had a chat with Hamflet about it earlier on today. I'd love to know your thoughts and reaction to the news last night. Oh, I'm probably here all day, but it's a complex question that branches out into several different topics of conversation one of which I think is going to be asked imminently. So I will not cover the sale questions slash narrative just yet. For me, it was shocking. Um, Several of these um, talents had been on WWE TV under just recently repackaged personas in the case of Alistair Black or having just beaten Shane McMahon, which I don't think it's a bloody scalp we're talking about but internally it is yeah um i interpreted this not so much as an imminent sale which we will get to right because i believe somebody else has asked that question Mm -hmm. yeah i interpreted this as one uh another yet another indication that things just change like that 
it was ironic of Tommy End, in my opinion, to bury people who used plans change because the plans literally changed on him. And they'd invested time and money into those vignettes just to cut them loose. Another indication that all of it is, is chaos. Um, and in the case of Strowman, it's I and I interpreted this as almost a warning shot mm-hmm. to the roster. Um for reasons I can't really fathom, possibly because nothing's drawn at the minute. Um, interest in WrestleMania backlash was very, very low. Ratings, as they tend to do, are just nosediving following WrestleMania. I took the release of Braun Strowman legitimately as a warning shot. I think they asked themselves, right, obviously he's on a big, massive contract and we're trying to cut costs. Who is the most expendable big name we have that we can get rid of that the entire roster will sort of look at with sheer panic? Like, if they're releasing him, Mm. do I have job security? With the idea being, well, the idea is you're not meant to think you have it, even if you do, and you better start showing out. Forget the booking that ruins you. (laughs) <laughs> Your performance of that booking needs to get better because I think they wanted to send out a little no one is safe message. That's my personal interpretation. I know the key reason reportedly is the fact that he was on a massive bumper contract. But for me, it was so savvy in the most horrendous of ways, of course. It was savvy is the word I would use to describe Strowman's departure because it lets people know that no one's safe. And Strowman will come back. He will come back, in my opinion, within two years. He won't be 40. He'll still be able to get around. I think they believe that he won't go anywhere because he's like weirdly sort of just loyal. And he said that he wouldn't even negotiate with another company, which was just moronic, in my opinion. I think when he comes back, people go, oh, Christ, Strowman's back. He's a big star. Rather than, oh, Strowman's not really doing anything. Hmm. I think they've given themselves a freebie for a return down the line. They've cut a massive contract off their books and they've fired a warning shot because he was perceived as a massive star. He had a big WrestleMania storyline. He was just in a world title program. He was the guy they picked to replace Roman Reigns to defeat Goldberg, let's not forget as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And he got himself in incredible shape, the best shape of his career um, this year. I feel like that was a very cynical warning shot fired. There's a lesson here, Bart. Never try. It's just like... I, I've, I've ranted. I've ranted enough about the whole uh, budget cuts, record profits, bollocks. Uh, the, what the other thing that really got on my nerves this morning was them going, "Well, they had to get rid of him because he negotiated a monster contract because uh, he knew his worth." Sorry, what's that? What's that say? Don't try and earn more money because just accept what you're given. Like it's preposterous that as a suggestion, but like you say, um, there is not much logic centering around these. Uh, I did like Tommy N's line. I think he said. His last two years in WWE was a, was it a slow death. He said, he, "Slow death." He is someone everyone is talking about now. Uh, he ain't going to struggle for work. Is he someone you'd like to see in in AEW? Uh, and I don't know. People have pitched him in in great matches everywhere: New Japan, uh, AAA, wherever you want to see him. Like he's he is. I mean, his phone must be just blowing up right now. But what about AEW? Because that seems the the place that everyone immediately turned to, particularly with with Tommy End, formerly known as Alistair Black. I would prefer to see him in New Japan Pro Wrestling 
because one, I need to be incentivized more to watch New Japan Pro Wrestling because for me, the booking in that company is falling off a cliff. Even at its best, when they put the best two guys together in not particularly compelling storylines, Ghetto's formula has kind of exposed itself. Winner X will win a match. Winner Y will beat Winner X. Right, X versus Y wins a match, right? Mm-hmm. Um, y, having lost, will win a few more matches, maybe even a title, and then Winner X of their previous match will challenge them now that it's all very... Like, well-crafted 50-50 almost is the way I would describe um, the worst, like, boilerplate um, impulses of Ghetto. So I need to be more incentivized because even the best matches, I feel like I've seen them a million times. And with AEW, I feel like their roster is so bloated at present that, you know, if Tommy N comes in, I mean, that means I see less of Ty Conti, who I was really high on a month ago and I'd like to be high on again, just as an example. Um... Alistair Black is such a unique way of striking in a promotion that really emphasizes it. Mm. Like I'd love to see Tommy End versus Minoru Suzuki. I'd love to see Tom, uh, Tommy End versus Tomohiro Ishii. Like the, Ooh. Ooh. the way he works, I feel like it would be such a huge compliment to New Japan Pro Wrestling. I think New Japan Pro Wrestling needs him more than AEW. And I need New Japan Pro Wrestling to have a new shot on the arm more than I need AEW to have it for so for purely subjective reasons, I'd like to see Tommy End resurface in um New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I know he's obviously uh, vacated the title recently, but Osprey immediately after the news posted a photo of him and, and Tommy End and got me very, very excited as well. Osprey's the kind of guy who I don't like. But his matches are invariably awesome. And when I read one that's, oh, you know, Will Ospreay does like a four and a three quarter star match in his sleep. Oh, this one was actually better than that. It's like, right, okay, I will watch it because it's a completest wrestling fan thing. I can't really get excited for an Ospreay match. And it's not just because he's um, a dismal edgelord of a promo. Um, Tommy Enns talking, Alistair Black's talking, was rubbish. And I feel like an AEW, using the precedent set by Darby Allen. I feel like they can book people who don't necessarily have to talk because being on the microphone isn't the only means by which you can get over. You can do like a silent vignette like we've seen with Darby Allen that I think would be far suited to Alistair Black's strengths to get over. So I've got no doubt that AEW can book him. I just feel like New Japan is a better fit for his style and I just selfishly would want a, a different, different reason to watch New Japan. Shall I quickly go through the rest of the releases before we go on to the next yeah, question? Murphy was someone I thought I thought as a potential New Japan. I mean, Hamlet said he's been, you know, compared to Omega and they need an Omega. He's, I mean, again, he's someone else who, who will not struggle for work. No, I think he'll get picked up by someone and I think he'll get picked up pretty much the second that is uh, no compete expires. Um, I haven't really been given enough of a indication from Murphy, right, that he's going to be a great promo guy and a great episodic TV guy who can have his own creative input and make these dynamite shows like endlessly watchable um, week to week with loads of hooks. It's a promo promotion. Um, and I, again, it's WWE scripting. Who the hell knows? It could be Ric Flair. You don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's WWE. You just don't know. But from what I know of Murphy, I think that he would be better off showing that this New Japan influence that he has 
Can he actually go to that standard, which we want to know because, again, he works for WWE, or is he just savvy enough to know which moves don't get done in WWE that he can get over in WWE? I mean, that's smart enough as in itself. Um, so I would like to see him go to New Japan to see, is he a New Japan cosplayer or is he New Japan caliber? I think for me to take him seriously at that top level of how good it actually is this guy, and I do think he's very, very good, but I do think he needs to answer that question because... The, the harsh thing he could say about Buddy Murphy is, is he wish Kenny Omega or has he just simply used some of Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi's and Will Ospreay's moves because he's clever enough to realize, hang on, I could do that and get over. Um, so I want to see him in New Japan to help me make my mind up. So New Japan for Murphy, for me, because AEW have got enough guys who don't get enough TV matches who can also really sell me on them wrestling with promos. Um, Ruby Riot, AEW all the way. Yeah, I saw Ruby Riot as Heidi Lovelace at a Chikara show in North Shields, Northeast England. Um, and she was the second best and most animated and sort of laden with star power performer on that show. Not named, and I'm not saying this to be like an absolute hipster arsehole, even though I am. She outperformed everybody on that show apart from Fire Ant. I remember watching Fire Ant and Ophidian. And I'm not a big Chikara guy, but I just knew it would be a good show and they're not in town very often. And I watched Fire Ant and Ophidian. I thought, I want a bit cornet with Fire Ant. I know that Ant Law is like, I'm going to be, this is going to be sacrilegious to Chikara diehards, but like, I'm not into the Ant Law. I don't know much about it. But I remember watching Fire Ant and thinking, why is he on a mask? <laughs> did, I did a proper Sami Zayn El Generico thing it's like well this guy this guy can go he's awesome turns out it's Orange Cassidy so I love that about me scouting bloody talent um, but other than Firehand on a show that Eddie Kingston had a short match and Drew Gulak had a short match you didn't really get the best of what they can do but Lovelace just struck out at me as Jesus Christ why isn't she in WWE and then she arrived in WWE and she was booked by WWE. But from that evidence and loads of anecdotal evidence and from little I've seen elsewhere of Heidi Lovelace is she can flat out go. She's incredibly experienced. She can be a deep level asset and indeed wrestler for AEW. Santana Garrett. Mm-hmm. I mean, belief systems notwithstanding that don't necessarily make me want to watch her again. I can't remember anything about the way she worked in NXT. Her appearance was just so brief. Um, I think the best thing she can do, AEW certainly don't need her. Um, they need someone like a Lovelace more than they need her. The best thing she can do is get her head down, get booked maybe for Mission Pro, um, maybe an impact run. Just she needs to get her head down, prove that she can go, and then she can enter the conversation of, all right, well, she can maybe return to NXT or maybe she can go to AEW, but I've seen very little enough of her to fan cast her for different promotions. Um, who else got released? Lana is the last one. Hmm. I mean, she, she can't really wrestle. She can't. I wouldn't want to see her on AEW for that reason. I mean, who knows? Again, it's WWE. She could be Minami Toyota and you just don't know because she's been in WWE this entire time and the training is what it is. Not great. Look at the results. Mm -hmm. 
the match production is what it is, heavily homogenized. But you know, I've seen a botch loads. I don't think I've ever seen a work something I would call like a really good match with an emulation of a struggle. I haven't even seen a glimpse that she can really go. This was like Peyton Royce. You could see, all right, okay, I think with enough reps that there's a work on Peyton Royce. And nah, come on, I never saw that with Lana. I do, however, however, remember a very good valet presence who popped off the screen and who complimented Rusev's act very well. If anything, I would like to see it be a valet for Miro. Mm. But that even then, that just feels like an echo of something that used to work. I don't think it's necessarily suited to this um, new Miro character. Um, uh, Miro's Valley, it's the most obvious take, so obvious that I don't think people have actually thought it through. Um, if she is serious about wrestling, and by all accounts, she actually is, and she puts in that goddamn work, then do an impact run. Like impact will take it. Impact yeah. will love. In fact, the the spike has Lana's got a big following of her own. Yeah. Um, Impact's current schedule, which you know will probably change, given that we're going to be post pandemic. Fingers crossed in the not too distant future. It means that they do a big block tape and whether work work work. Maybe that can act as a way for it to get reps. But at the minute, I can't find Caster for AEW. I just don't think it's a good fit. Thanks to everyone who asked questions regarding the uh, WWE releases. I've hopefully tried to cover off as much as we could there in terms of fantasy matchups and, and where they're going to be heading. Uh, but you mentioned the sale of WWE. That was the sort of second sorry, way. Sorry, I didn't actually mention Strowman. People were asking where Strowman's going to end up. Well, yeah, I think he's going to go back. I don't think he's got the big appetite to be a wrestler wrestler. I just think he's had it in his head, implanted by WWE. Everything else is small time. This is your home. We made you. And I think he might be weirdly loyal, despite the fact that they showed him very little loyalty. Did I see something stuff about TV and movies with Braun Strowman? I can imagine you do it. Did he see him beat Elf? Yes. In a WWE.com bit that they did um, a couple of Christmases ago. He's got good comic timing. In fact, he was too good in WWE-level performance at doing comedy that people like Vince McMahon have thought, well, <laughs> he's big, he shouldn't be funny. Is that <laughs> kind of... Yeah, um, knackered him. He could possibly play like an action movie guy who gets killed, mm. you know, um, like a henchman figure. He could probably get work just through his size alone. Um, I don't think many promotions could afford him. I think the asking price that you'll ask for, AEW would just balk at it. Um, given the style of performer he is, he'd probably have to win a lot. Braun Strowman, AEW world title picture. It's, none of this feels like a fit for me. Sorry, carry on about and the I'm next question. Getting, I'm not getting my my fantasy match that I've always wanted with, with Braun Strowman and okay, very And who? Mark will stunt again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then because I go you got after so much. Like, what would be the best best WWE versus AW crossover match? And it was either Braun or Brock always versus. This is Paul Marco stunt because I'm a, a sadist. Um, and this is going to sound like a really backhanded compliment, but he could he could do a bit of a Nathan Jones, couldn't he? He was, you know, a big, massive bloke who got killed in Troy. <laughs> Nathan Jones. But I mean, in terms of like, look at him and he, oh, bloody look at the size of him. Um, you know, it's the land of the giants, WWE. And you put him in, you know, like Batista, I don't think said a word, Inspector. And he's still like, 
oh, there he is. Look at the size of him sort of thing. Uh, so hopefully, yeah, I, I think I agree with that one. I think he's going to go off and do some other stuff, maybe do some indie dates and just murder some people. And, Not doing indie dates. Yeah. <laughs> Not doing indie dates at all. Just cannot see it. He's just, he's been, he's fed pill from day one. Yeah. Brain strong man at your local <laughs> wrestling club. Um, off the back of that, though, as I was getting into uh, the sort of second wave of, of these releases, was people going, Sean Ross. Don't say waves. Jesus Christ, I hear enough of that in the I've news. Got, yeah. <laughs> I've got it instilled in me. Apologies. But yeah, Sean Ross Sapp, I, I saw talking about this, uh, numerous other people. Brandon Thurston seemed to dismiss it, but Mindrunner asks, do you think WWE, well, specifically Mindrunner asks, do you think WWE could just sell Raw and keep SmackDown in terms of a potential sale? But I'm obviously going to open that out into you, into what you think about this, uh, the potential WWE sale with with the TV deals, record profits, shrinking of staff, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I get where he's coming from because it's more tied in with the NBC USA Peacock umbrella deal. But I can't imagine it's all or nothing for Vince McMahon. I can't imagine him like looking at Raw with no control, and they might keep him on. But again, he's more accountable if he's kept on as Booker in such a scenario and I just his level of control in general. I, I think if that company gets sold, it'll be everything. And I don't think it's getting sold as long as Vince McMahon is alive. He, this is a man who was gifted by triple H, a massive Tyrannosaurus Rex skull to reflect. And I quote his voracious appetite for life. Hmm. Vince McMahon is such a strange man. He's got a yacht called Sexy Bitch. And as far as I can tell, he's never sailed it because he doesn't sleep. He just works out and books terrible television and eats dried meat. That's all he does. <laughs> I know he used to kick around in bars taking doomsday devices, but even before the pandemic hit, I don't think he was doing that anymore. I think he was just working, working, working. He's a total control freak. I understand that tidying up the books and Cutting expenditures is what businesses do to prepare themselves for a sale and make themselves look like more of a sellable, saleable asset. Mm -hmm. Here's what our things happened. Nikon has grown an influence and Vince McMahon is now more uh, reciprocal to listening to him because he's made him loads of money. Vince McMahon can treat his fans and his creative writers staff like nothing. Who you want to see get pushed? I don't care, pal. You're a mark. I won wrestling. You. It's creative writers. That's a rubbish promo. It's a stupid match to pitch. I'll take my red pen and go, er, erase several days of your life and I'll just write the script last minute. He can do that to those people. Vince McMahon can't, with his shareholders, do what he wants. He can't do that. He can't. Vince McMahon is every penny counts to these people, right? That's the key. Every single cent matters to these people. It's not enough. One million, one billion in two cents is so much more to these people than one billion. Mm. Like every cent counts. And I think the idea, and I think Nick Khan has sort of brought him to this way of thinking. The idea is this thing that you're doing of hiring so much talent that you can't even book. You're just 
sinking money into a hole for what purpose? I know what the purpose is. You want to prevent the competition from getting stronger. I think there's been a change of heart encouraged by Nick Khan, which is like, look, it's, this isn't working. We're losing too much money on this. And from this vantage point, we can't see that AEW are getting enough of mm. um, uh, an advantage here from this approach. Just isn't happening. Um, they're making their own guys for a start, which is a bit dangerous for WWE. But at the same time, if they can make their own guys, then they don't need to keep guys away from them. It's just there's no incentive to do this anymore. There just isn't. Um I don't think they're readying themselves for a sale. Vince McMahon's too much of a control freak and there's just not enough incentive anymore to sink all of this ridiculous money into warehouse contracts, particularly when every cent matters. And from their vantage point, AEW's doing well, but they're not aggressively expanding their audience, even if they are their operations. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Uh, let's go back to some more questions we got on Twitter at WhatCultureWW, of course, if you want to get in touch with us, at M. Sidgwick, at Adam Wilborn for both of us. Uh, Matthew Parr asks, and I think this is still, you know, a, a question that's being asked, and I, I, I believe Matthew's asked this in good faith, so it'd be nice. But he says, do you think AEW is becoming oversaturated with former WWE guys? Because the thing is, with this question is, you know, people are talking about, oh, well, it, Tony Khan's name was trending last night. You know, oh, well, all these WWE guys can just go straight to AEW. 
A, I think it's fair to say, I'd like to think of myself as unbiased, despite the fact I've been called a paid shill for WWE and AEW yet again this week. Um, I I like to say that, that AEW have particularly cherry-picked uh, the, the stars that they've picked up, the, the, the talent that they have chosen to, to distribute, whether it be commentators, whether it be, you know, Mark Henry, or whether it now, you know, with Miro and et cetera, et cetera. The thing is, and I think this bad faith takes, I don't think Matthew is doing this, by the way. I think this bad faith takes are just like, oh, just throw mud by saying, oh, AEW's the new TNA, I see. Just pick up any old WWE talent. But just explain for people who maybe have not heard it, the fact that WWE guys in this era of wrestling is a sort of nonsensical term. It is because there's no such thing as a WWE guy. There are independent contractors who were contracted by WWE for several years and they might be confused for WWE guys but WWE hasn't made anyone in fact they've just released the one guy that they made post performance center in Strowman Um, but the idea is that in TNA they've kind of destroyed this idea over their years by like hero worshipping everyone who came in as like Christ we're saved (laughs) all you idiots Oh, you homegrowns are saved. Look at this guy who's come in. AEW have never once done that. In fact, for me, they've done the complete opposite. And I know I'm jumping ahead. AEW went, right, you tell them why WWE screwed you over and why you're going to be better than the guy you were in WWE. John Moxley's done it. Mr. Brody Lee's done it. FTR have done it. Miro's now doing it. In parallel, AEW are now represented in the men's and in the men's world singles and tag divisions by people who never needed WWE success. They're the top champions. That should illustrate that you don't need, that they don't need or rely on ex-WWE guys. Um, Darby Allen, MJF, Jungle Boy, never worked for WWE. They are three key components of that mid-card slash upper mid-card. The main event looking at Darby Allen's run right now. Hulk Hogan wasn't a WWE guy. He was made in New Japan Pro Wrestling and in Hollywood by Rocky III and in the American Wrestling Association in which he first got hot. Um, Andre the Giant did a lot of stuff for WWF, but he also made a killing in Japan. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Triple H, Mick Foley, three cornerstones of the Attitude Era. There's no one going, (laughs) WCW guys? It's just, I can understand where you're coming from because the idea is it's meant to be an alternative to WWE. There were moments on a few dynamites in 2020 where I thought, hang on, this does feel like half or four, six of the card are heavy on guys who've just been released. Optics-wise, I would have balanced those shows better, but it was only the odd show where I thought, oh, a bit heavy on WWE guys, this doesn't feel like an alternative. Then the next week, it wasn't. And even on that show, they were removed drastically from their WWE selves. Um, So no, as long as someone's an asset and they are motivated to get more over than they were in WWE, it's silly not to sign ex-WWE guys because what you're doing is you're legitimizing the operation by saying, these guys want to come here. Mm. And I should mention, Brody Lee, FTR, Sean Spears, John Moxley, all made the choice to jump, right? Kurt Angle was basically thrown. 
back in 2006. They said, go to rehab, like, you're a mess. And he went, no. And they went, right, well, you're a liability, so we'll release you. He went to TNA. Mr. Kennedy fired, showed up in TNA. Like, the opposite is true in um, AEW. And I can understand if you watch a Dynamite, it's like, there's loads of ex-WWE guys on this, but it's just totally different, in my opinion. You know what I think is, and it was personified by your revolution. <laughs> you know the meme where it's the guy sweating and there's the two buttons to press? Yeah. It's like, it one, one half is <laughs> just WWE's cast off. Is that what you can get now? That's one. And the other one is, and this is not, by the way, this is not me shooting. I think he's great. And I think he was really great in his role at Double or Nothing. But like Ethan Page comes out and they go, oh, we can't hit the WWE button. Oh, nobody, nobody from the independents. Who's that? It's like, we can't win. Like that, that, there's your two avenues. That's it. Unless Tom Cruise comes in and he's just, you know, a luchador all of a sudden. That's, that, that's your two avenues. It really, for a second, I don't know why I wound myself up with this, but still. I remember when uh, Mr. Brody Lee, rest in power, um, won the TNT title. I did that exact meme. Well, they just pushed next WWE guys. And then the next button was, oh, AEW don't know how to book big guys. I'm like, oh, what do I say? What do I say? Which bad faith <laughs> contradicts the other? So I'm not saying that the gentleman who asked the question was doing so in no. bad faith whatsoever. But um, in my opinion, mostly it's fine. And what are you going to do? Turn down John Moxley. And I'm not saying they're all as good as John Moxley, but and I know that there's a number that might feel like, oh, it's getting a bit too much. So it is more nuanced, I guess, but I just think that WWE doesn't own shit. Yes. Thank you for the question, Matthew. Thank you for the follow on Twitter. And myself and Michael Zudrick also love sweet 90s jams, as it says in your bio. So thank you for all that. Uh, right. I'm going to do the old parenting trick now. I'm going to give you your vegetables, but if you eat them, I'll give you dessert, okay? Megan Roxburgh. Megan asks, what are the odds on Eva Marie being a serious contender for money in the bank? Oh. Um, she's over and she's got a following and they are not shy whatsoever of trololling yep. the audience um, it would create buzz it would create discourse um, even Marie's got a following she's also got several detractors and I'm thinking here man if you care so much about the quality of women's wrestling. Go and watch stardom. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, I just feel like people just know how to wrestle. Well, WWE doesn't even call itself a wrestling company, so it's fine. I absolutely can see them going in that direction. It would be funny if they went in that direction. However, as an empathetic human being, um, who doesn't even like watching people get... And I do like, I do like when people fall over. I do like when people get like seriously, physically, emotionally hurt. Um, because of that, I don't want to see Eva Marie in a ladder match. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? Like, for that reason alone, I can see it, but I don't want to see it. Yes. Uh, I I think she, they will genuinely use her, as uh, I think Hamlet alluded to with, with Jackson Riker. They may well use both of them in that match of, like, oh, bloody, you know, like, we're sat here going, wouldn't it be great if, you know, Big E and Sonya Deville emerge with those Money in the Bank briefcases? But WWE, as Hamlet said on our podcast about it, loves to just torture the fans and be like, yeah, but what if the worst thing ever happened? And they're just like, got Eva Marie and Jackson Riker there to have you panicked a little bit. So I, she'll be a contender, Megan, but I don't think she'll win. I think, well, I hope it's someone like a Sonya Deville or a Bailey 
or a Naomi or someone like that, because that's the avenue they should be going down. And uh, yeah, even if they did see, oh, even Marie's name's trending last night. Yeah, it's not for the right reasons. It's really not for the right reasons. Okay, thank you for answering that. So I'll give you this one from David Dumakin. Dumakin? Sorry, David, I've butchered your surname there. Do you think... Do you think AW could do their own version of the G1? Might be a good way to keep TV ticking over, leading to a big pay-per-view. Two of your favourite things there, AW and the G1. Round-robin tournaments, the G1 in particular, or tits. <laughs> make maths fun. They set the tone early because when Ghetto's good, he's very good. They set the tone early. There's always an upset on the first night or two, which just completely creates this competitive vibe where anyone can beat anyone on any given night. You can excuse defeats because everyone's up for it, so the motivation factor is there. You can excuse a defeat and build matches after this month of matches when X beats Y and Y's better positioned on the card and X is like, well, your spot's mine. You can make a million matches from this match-heavy masterpiece of a tournament format. I would absolutely love to see AEW adopt the G1 format. The only issue being is that it's quite convoluted. Um, AEW is the promotion that treats its audience's intelligence with respect. So I don't think this would be a consideration, this being it's a bit hard for um, more casual audiences to follow. Um, it's just not something that's been done in America, and I don't think it's been done for particularly cynical reasons. I personally would love to see it. Hey, then again, they do the Casino Battle Royale. Convoluted rules are nothing for this company. Mm. Do a G1. Do a goddamn G1. They are tits. You could do it for title contendership um, and a trophy in its own right. Just rip off New Japan. Yeah, I was going to say, even with my Ripped very... Ripped off enough angles in the past. Just rip off one of the best things going in wrestling today. Um, the champion can be in it. Mm. Just like the champion, the IWGP champion is in the G1s in New Japan. And with okay. Omega, I mean, you might not saying it's going to happen next week, but with Omega as champion, that's just even better, isn't it? Oh, Christ, I... You could have, like... Omega lose to, I know Jungle Boy would be the perfect example, but he's having the match next week. You could have Kenny Omega lose to like Chuck Taylor or something, and then together we have an awesome match. You know, it's just the you, you give yourself passes when you book something as brilliant and as intricate as the G1. You count such as such. I want him to win. How's he going to win? He has to do this. He has to do this. It's like it's total obsession fodder. Hmm. There's, there's very few things I've enjoyed more watching wrestling than the G1 Climax. It's exhausting. AEW's TV format means mercifully it'll be spread out a bit because it's it's so hard to watch everything. You're like, oh, was that four stars, four and a quarter? No, 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 I can't watch that. I'll have to make time for the four and a half stars I'm going to get tonight. It's like, it's an embarrassment of riches. Like, I'd love to see them do it. Hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, even with my very limited knowledge of New Japan, when we did that thing about it, and I started sitting there and fantasy booking and going, right, we've got Moxley here, and we've got we've got Naito here, and we've got you know, Carter and stuff. Like you say, you just get it just gets sucked in. Uh, absolutely, I, I'd love to see AW doing something like that, particularly obviously with the 
with the relevancy of, of someone like uh, uh, Kenny Omega and oh, well, with the potential there, it's, it's so exciting. Maybe we'll do a fantasy p- uh, booking podcast for that uh, down the line. Uh, speaking of podcasts, uh, and says, I heard this on the Voices of Wrestling podcast and was wondering what your take would be. I really don't want to send you back into a downward spiral. But what would the pandemic have been like for yourself and the wrestling industry without AEW? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh my god! The funniest match would have been Money in the Bank that way. <laughs> it doesn't bear thinking about. Um, it doesn't. I've said it before. AEW just didn't just do good shows during a pandemic. They embraced the fact that right, we can't actually always do normal wrestling. Let's use depressing space where fans should be and use it to create cool stuff. Right? What can we do? There's no fans in the park, in the stands. Well, let's explore Daly's place. What have we got to work with here? Oh, there's a parking lot. Do a parking lot brawl. Oh, there's some um, concession stands here. All right, nail the young bucks face first into them with the butcher and the blade and send them up an escalator. Use everything as like plunder because otherwise all it is is a depressing visual reminder that there are no fans here. Um, I thought AEW did such a tremendous job of doing pandemic wrestling that, oh boy, um, I'd rather do this job the most, but I'd be even more sad. Yeah, let alone how much I didn't realise I needed Stadium Stampede 1 until it happened. Putting all that to one side, putting all of arguably a lot of, all of AEW's matches and output to one side. I don't think if we, if we take AEW out of the picture, I don't think we have any fans i think that empty performance center is what we'd have been staring at for over 12 months and i don't know what place i would be in reviewing monday night raw if that was the case uh so it just doesn't bear thinking about but there you go there's a, a nightmare for all to all of us to wake up from in a cold sweat over the next few days so thank you for that question uh thomas martin in a similar sort of vein asks is it okay to start fast forwarding matches on raw i started it last monday because i'm fed up with the same boring stuff week in week out i'll tell you what if we didn't have AEW and i didn't have a way to watch raw on double speed I think you might have seen my resignation getting handed in a world culture, if I'm honest. I don't think you're overstating it. I do not think you're overstating it at all. Um, what was that person's name? Thomas says, yeah, is it okay to start fast-forwarding matches on Raw? It's okay to just stop watching it all right. Uh, there's this lunatic that follows me, and he's convinced that I'm going to be the downfall of WWE itself because of my... Um, the dim view I take of WWE, he interprets it as sabotage. And I'm trying to mobilize my following into putting an end to it. So this won't go down well with that. Don't watch it. If you're watching this out of fear of missing out or you'd like it to be better, here's the thing. You're not missing anything and it ain't going to get any better. If you're watching it because you like elements of the show, I mean, if you if you got to the point now where you have to fast forward through the, we have to not watch it to enjoy watching it. You're better off just not watching it at all. Um, don't watch it. Do something else with your time that makes you happy. And listen to the role of you instead. Just listen to the role of you if you're worried about it. We'll f- Wherever you get your podcast from. We'll flag it up. When it gets good again, we'll let you know. Might be a while. It's never getting good again, man, ever. 
Plus, it's also quite fun. Like I've talked about, it's loads when I when I went off on my honeymoon and came back and went, "What's going on in wrestling?" Like that's quite fun as well. Um, yeah, there's no shame in in whether it be like like we say, watching it on double speed or skipping through matches you don't enjoy. Like when I watch SmackDown, I'm not sat in there going, "Right, Saturday morning." Oh. Yeah. Saturday morning, I'm going to watch this at normal speed and not... I skip through... Like, there's a load of bollocks on SmackDown. The reason why I'm probably so positive about SmackDown is Don't because I just go... I'll skim through the bits I really like. And then when I come on a Friday morning to remembering the last week's SmackDown, I was like, wall to wall, great stuff. I mean, I didn't watch <laughs> that, but it's great, yeah. Because I don't have to I don't have to analyze it, I don't have to make notes on it. Everything else I have to when I have to sit there, when I had to sit there on not to run, but when I had to sit there on Tuesday and write down what happened in that opening segment with Miss TV and Rhea Ripley and what have you, I was like, you bastards. <laughs> so and apparently that went long, Sige. You're telling me. Jesus Christ. Christ. Um, right. Final few questions here. Jay Doomwild says, hi, gents. Big fan. Uh, who do you think will take the IWGP heavyweight title at Dominion this coming Monday? Okada or Takagi? Uh, as much as I want Shingo to win, I think we'll play it safe with Okada. I hope not, as Shingo has narrowly lost these last few big matches. Thanks. Thanks for the question, Jay. Thanks for the question, Jay. Um... I, unfortunately, because I, I need some fresh developments in that company right now, I have to echo your opinion and your rationale behind it. This company is in not great um, condition. They had a, a weirdly successful by pandemic um, standards road to show the other day. That notwithstanding, I think the wider belief is this is a company on the decline. I think that... A Carter is the more proven draw, the safer pair of hands. Happily, however, I think that New Japan fans are smart. They will understand why they've gone that route. And I don't think it'll be something that ruins Shingo, even if it's his second big loss on the bounce. Um, I think that he will deliver the goods yet again. The last Okada Shingo match was awesome, like incredible. And I think if he enters another performance like that, which was a virtual guarantee at this point, that he will emerge from even a loss with like the exact same cachet he has right now. So TLDR, boring, uninspiring, but great wrestling that isn't damaging. Uh, I really like this. So I'm going to include it here. Oliver says, how does one qualify to be a Sidgwick mega fan? And if I may, why that name for your fans? Why not Sigilitz or Sidgwickers? Uh, and All Elite Booking has responded by saying, Sidgwick mega fans is the official not-for-profit organization name. But we call ourselves, the word I can't say, deft heads, which is fantastic. But yeah, how do you become a Sidgwick mega fan? You become a Sidgwick mega fan. By loving me. That's <laughs> all you have to do. No, just, be, just be sound and just appreciate my work. I'll appreciate you back and you will get mega fan designation. Uh, I, I, I don't have to anoint you as a mega fan if there's no. any confusion at all. Just simply declare. I declare mega fandom. <laughs> uh, uh, I, 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 love that. I love that. Honestly, I appreciate all your guys' support so much. Yeah. I don't have to anoint you as a mega fan. Just simply declare do you want to know the lore of the mega fan? <laughs> Please do, yeah. Uh, basically, I call them Sidgwick Superfans at first because of the alliteration and it rolls off the tongue. And I realized, oh, don't call them that because it's uh, 
and shorten it to SS. Do not do that at all. Doesn't reflect my value systems whatsoever. It was the most WCW thing I've ever done unwittingly. And so I changed it to mega fans. Makes sense. And off the back of that excellent response from uh, Booking the Elite, I was just going to go to our final question. I'll just squeak this one in. Uh, this is probably worthy of an entire podcast in and of itself. Where do you see the Dark Order a year from now? New leader, either promoted from within or new to the group. New members, members leave, championships, hangman's association. Great question. Oh, you're right. It's worthy of a different podcast. I don't envy AEW at all. The idea being that one they are such endearing baby faces because in your head canon, they've like been through a hell of a lot. Um, even if it's not the idea, and I don't think it ever would be, it's not a mean-spirited company. It's not a ghoulish company at all. I think the implication that, because a lot of what they're doing and they're being nicer is like in storylines in honor of Mr. Brody Lee. Mm. I just feel like, would it be tacky or ghoulish or problematic or just suboptimal in some way if they were to turn heel again? Um, I just don't envy them at all. I would honestly prefer if this run that they have as baby faces runs out of juice. And there is a bit of a dissonance in the fact that there's a big, massive group of them and they are all baby faces. It's strange, but it works only because this dynamic and the circumstances make it work. I would, if anything, if this thing runs out of juice and it begins to really bring down the level of programming, I would have them quietly and respectfully disband. Yeah. And just say, we've served our purpose. There's no point in continuing without Mr. Brody Lee. Um, it's nice that we've honored the legacy. I think we can be proud of the honest legacy that he's carried. Let's all go and do our own thing. And then once they are disassociated from the act, Anyone can turn heel. Dark Order being heel again, I don't know, man. It just doesn't work for me. No. And uh, in terms of an association with Hackman, I think you could have them, you know, imagine, I I, I feel bad booking this, but imagine all of the Dark Order getting super kicked by the Young Bucks in terms of people fighting outside, or not at the time of the match, but as a part of the build towards Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page, which, as I said, if you're wondering why we're not talking about, you know, titles uh, and and the forward planning following Double or Nothing, that podcast is going to be out on Sunday. You've just given me a perfect idea. Basically, what they can do, because I don't think they want the Dark Order to be a thing forever and ever, Um Dark Order versus the Super Elite in Blood and Guts should happen at some point. Various combinations of Dark Order versus Super Elite ahead of the expected Omega Page match can happen at some point. When Hangman Page wins that world title, maybe the Dark Order can disband after that and say, well, it's our purpose. Like, if if we could unite behind the champion elect, the man who should have been champion but didn't have the confidence to get there, if we've given him the confidence and he's now the champion, our sort of roles being fulfilled mm. here. That'll be a nice way to write them off because I can't see it continuing in this circumstantial, good, but weird makeup dynamic, if you like. Um, that'll be a perfect, sweet end to uh, note to end it on. Mm. Final question today from Callum says, does Sidgwick think a boom period is possible again? Obviously not of the late 80s or 90s eras, but could we see a pro, could we see pro wrestling make a splash in the mainstream again? Oh, 
God, you've saved the most lengthy answer to last. <laughs> this genuinely is worth a podcast all of its own. Wilborn, do you want to pencil this in? Absolutely. I think that I get enough questions about this on and off um, to answer it in full. I'm not very good at being succinct. This is my best attempt at being succinct. I don't think the wider pop culture landscape lends itself to actual phenomenons anymore. Like Game of Thrones and the Marvel Universe, certain video games get massive. But like everything used to be massive because there were only so many premium like platforms. CDs mm-hmm. were expensive. Like there wasn't as much competition for your retention. And there wasn't even social media. Like your time is so divided. There are so many different platforms on which to present content. Like it's all so fractured um, that only so-called quote-unquote worthy mediums like films and video games and certain music and TV, like only certain things within properly accepted forms of entertainment that you do not like films. What are you watching films for? People don't do that with films. It's like wrestling is pretty much the only thing. I don't think the way that culture has spawned and splintered um, over the past 21st century lends itself to like wrestling, particularly wrestling and its perception, um, splashing the mainstream. Um, you know, it's it can feed into the mainstream rock batista etc but when it's the other way around it doesn't make a damn bit of difference ronda rousey didn't make a difference bad bunny didn't make a difference Shaq hasn't made a difference like i think the closest thing we can get is and this is why people support AEW to the extent that they do because if it ain't AEW, it ain't anyone else going to do it that the convergence of the hottest free agents the best wrestlers in the world billionaire backer TV deal, the platform of what wrestling excels at, expression, genuinely good long-term storytelling if you're looking at it in good faith, wins and losses mattering, creative expression, all of this. If AEW isn't going to get bigger, then I don't think you'll ever get a better set of ingredients at the same time to make pro wrestling a thing again. So you might get something akin to 2017, when virtually all of wrestling outside of WWE was growing quite quickly. But that is the only sort of, I think that's the ceiling. I really think that's the ceiling. AEW can meet it. AEW already has in terms of attendances and its TV deal um, exceeded it. I think that AEW is the only chance at this point of pro wrestling ever getting quite big again. Mm. And as I said, if it ain't AEW, it ain't anything. Yes. In summary, Callum, hopefully, but don't hold your breath, but we'll tackle this in more detail. I'll put this on the list for for podcast next week because it is a fascinating discussion to have. Uh, But thank you to everyone who sent us Twitter questions at what culture do we do? Apologies, we didn't get around to them all. Thank you so much for all of them. Uh, we tried to cover off as many as we could regarding those WWE releases. And once again, as I said, uh, all the fallout from Double or Nothing we are going to deal with on a podcast, which hopefully isn't too out of date when it comes out on Sunday following Dynamite, of course, on Friday night. Uh, but this has been your wrestling questions answered. Uh, as I said, at What Culture WWE, if you want to send us more questions, we try and tackle them every single day on the news, of course. And if you want to message us, you can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. And thanks again for all your questions, guys. 
Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts and more of these because they're what well, the most fun podcasts we probably do. Uh, right for now, this has been your questions answered. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.